In a world overrun with far too many podcasts, two stubborn movie and beer-loving men decided to make one anyways. Rye, the Rybor Barrett, and Joey Weewah Dyer pitting films against each other in epic movie battles. Three films enter, one film wins. Welcome to Brews, Bros, and Videos. Weewa. Ryborg. What's going on, bud? Oh, well, you know, uh, Roadhouse. Ah, Roadhouse. From dusk <laughs> till dawn. Sorry, I'll do the bit from. Did you did you see that Family Guy where Peter see where Peter watches Roadhouse and he sees uh, Patrick Swayze just do roundhouse kicks to people? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. He thinks that he's he's <laughs> able to do everything. Yeah, he's able to do everything with a roundhouse kick. So just Roadhouse, Roadhouse, classic. <laughs> Kicking everyone and just saying Roadhouse. I love how we both just introduced each other's movies without even uh, you know letting anyone know, but now they know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> you know what? On that note, uh, I will get to that note in two seconds before I say, welcome to another episode of Brews, Bros and Videos starring Mr. Ryborg. And Weewa himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is episode seven. Seven. Ooh. And we survived the opening of the lockdown where we live. The Ontario lockdown, uh, to an extent, has opened up um, so patios, bars, outdoor bars anyway, are, are reopened. That, that, is, that is correct. And it's a wonderful feeling. How many patios have you been on since they've opened? Um, one, two, three, at least three. Mm, yeah. It's, uh, it's such an, it's such a bizarre feeling that, you know, that, 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 that simple liberty was taken away from us and to get it back feels like you know it feels like the most freedom we've ever had in our lives it is it it, yeah it's i mean it seems like a small thing at the time because we're all spending times in parks and outdoors as much as we can and and meeting friends and socially distancing as much as we can but it's yeah there's something about going to a, a restaurant or bar and sitting outside on a patio and having service and interacting with people and and you know the people who work there too it's yeah, it, it's just such a different experience, and you really, really appreciate it when you haven't had it for a while. Even though we are still being safe, and you know everyone's being as safe as possible, and, and socially distancing, and you know doing all the other precautions. But man, I missed it. Oh man, me too. And we've had that we've had that little sort of you know spat of good weather, and it's just it's just, it's made me look forward to the summer that we didn't get really last year. You know, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's going to be. And the things, at least last year, you know, we did have a little bit of summer and we did have the patios open, but we also didn't know what was going to happen next. Whereas this time around, vaccinations have been happening. Ontario's right. COVID numbers are super low. We are pretty much over the hump, I think. Things, I think. things are look. you know what, knock on wood, but things are yeah. looking a lot better and things are looking up. And let's hope it goes that way. And yes, sir. in that um, spirit... Spirit of things, things that bars serve. We're doing a, an episode about bar bar life, basically, right? Yeah, we are. And you know what? The, 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 this act, this one actually was batted around quite a lot where we were kind of like, you know what? Let's let's do a movie about, you know, restaurants and bars and that kind of thing. And the first things that the first movies you think of are those ones like Waiting with Ryan Reynolds and uh, right. the Slam and Salmon. Slam little and less, salmon. 
still waiting. Less known, uh, still waiting. You know, all those movies that are kind of and cocktail. But, I mean, that's cocktail. a that's a huge yeah. one. Coyote yeah, ugly. I mean. Like yeah. there's Coyote ugly. So you got all these, but but then the movies that we picked, they they <laughs> they are they are central to a bar, but it's not about the bar. But I love the fact that like you know what happens in the bar is you know it's 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 like our everyday lives. You know, I mean, I must admit, every bar I go to, I'm always dodging vampires, and I'm pretty sure you're dodging. Patrick Swayze's roundhouse kicks. Roundhouse kicks and and yeah, yeah, yeah. and watching for people coming in the bar with knives on their boots and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a common uh, it's a common threat yeah. in every bar that you go to. So you know yeah. it's 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 a very true theme. And um, as two as two gentlemen, uh, uh, humbly saying, uh, two gentlemen who work in bars or have worked in bars and know the bar scene very well inside and out. Uh, yeah, we wanted to choose some films that you know represent bar life, but are a little more entertaining as well yes sir yes sir now uh for for avid listeners of our podcast uh you will have noticed that uh by this point we would have done one of those silly rewind segments that we're all so fond of uh where we do this pretending that we don't know what our movie is and all this kind of stuff uh and we're actually gonna try and remove that segment and we're gonna try and do this a little more easygoing a because we've or because of the reopening of patios and because of the fact that we are both very much in in uh our work is based around the bars um we're gonna have a lot less time on our hands so we need to make this as easy as possible but also as fun as possible so um, what bar (laughs) are you going to that's alan rickman asking what bar you're going to it's too hard my eyes. Um, so <laughs> we got into okay. that way too early. Right. But you know what? Like on on that note, I think uh, I think we should start discussing the movies and the theme that we have for this week. Um, we've got a couple of movies to uh, to talk about, and. Uh, as I say, you remember I said to you at the beginning that the format of the show has changed. Uh, we kind of liked the idea, like we did of our Pride episode last week, uh, where we had uh, we just had two movies. Yeah, it was you know it was it was uh, very uh, focused and it was a little simpler to to focus on, you know. It was, it was. And plus, you know, with three beers, uh, we get pretty fucking sloppy by the third. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our, 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 our movie review starts to make a lot less sense. So I, I, it's fun for us to listen to. I'm, I'm not too sure how fun it is for you guys to listen to. No <laughs> well, we don't know um, how, how much different that's going to be on this one because we did, we are doing still three. Because, this is very true. yeah, so that might take more of an effect next next episode, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. This is a this is a film that is described on IMDb. It literally has one line for the the plot, and it pretty much does explain it for the most part. But it just says a tough bouncer is hired to tame a dirty bar. Now there's <laughs> many more things that we could say about 1989 classic Roadhouse, starring Roadhouse, the Patrick Swayze, and directed by Rowdy Harrington, a guy named Rowdy Harrington directed Roadhouse. Of course he did. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so um, to go with it, I got something a little spicy because Roadhouse, it's a bit of a spicy movie. Um, it it's uh, a movie that involves some, you know, blood and tears and, uh, you know, there's a smoke filled bar, too. So I went with another Blood Brothers choice. Um, and this is a new uh, a new 
is it a Paradise Lost? Yeah, it's a new Paradise Lost that they have. It's a collaboration with uh, Smoke and Tears Hot Sauce Company. Oh, nice. Yeah, this one is a collab with, uh, it is a Mango Heat Paradise Lost uh, with mm. its mango and spices. So it, it actually is a blend of their, their Sweet Mango Heat Paradise Lost version with the Smoke and Tears Hot Sauce, uh, a, a certain blend I think that they made to actually make the beer. That sounds freaking awesome, man. It sounds interesting, doesn't it? I do I do love beers that have a little spice to them as well. They, they just, I love that little tickle in the back of your throat that you only get from, you know, sort of like spicy foods and stuff like that. And then to, to combine that with a beer as well. Like I meant so it's a Paradise Lost, obviously, you know, it's 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 uh, Blood Brothers long running line of of sour beers, right? Mm-hmm. Um and to it have is. that tart sourness to end with a spice as well yeah Mm -hmm. it's so cool such a cool concept it's such a good uh yeah it was on my mind just because i I saw it pop up on their instagram account and i had that uh the wellington um i forget the name exactly but it was the the spicy ipa that they they just put out and it was i loved it so i saw this and i was like oh this is a this is gonna be a hot sour and they had something like this similar i think last summer uh Blood Brothers put something out kind of similar too. So, and I loved it. So, I'm interested to uh, dive into this one. Fuck yeah, man! What do you got over there, Weewa? Well, you know what? I I, I can't believe that we have we're a Toronto-based podcast uh, that has just entered its seventh episode, reviewing three beers an episode, and we have not ever once mentioned Amsterdam. That is kind of yeah. That is kind of strange because. They're kind of a staple too, and they're they got a bunch of beers that I love. They're everywhere, man, and I can't believe that we've not we've not reviewed any of their beers because they're, they're you know that they are they are the original Toronto craft. I mean, if you're not counting Steam Whistle, they are the original Toronto craft. Like they, you yeah, know, they, they started the whole thing, and everybody, you know, you say IPA, people say Bone Shaker, you say Light Lager, people say Three Speed. Like it's they're very very well known, and somehow we just we just missed we missed out on them. And I, I think Shaker. today I'm going to. Bone shaker, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a long-time favorite of mine. It's fucking delicious, man. It's so good. Mm. And it's one of those ones that, like, for those for those that are, you know, IPA drinkers and, you know, those that do enjoy their craft beers more than your standard kind of, you know, your standard pressings, I think Bone Shaker is one of those ones that you can almost always certainly guarantee that a, a bar in your area has. Mm-hmm. Even if every other tap is, you know, something really dull, they'll always have bone shaker, at least in a can or something like that. So you can always guarantee be good to get a good IPA. Exactly. And uh, it, it always delivers too. It's always just a, a solid IPA. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's consistently good. Mm-hmm. Um, then that and the fracture as well, which is the, uh, which yes. is the double IPA version, which is like, Oh, the Imperial IPA. My apologies. I'm super, super strong, but super delicious as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, I want to give my kudos out to Amsterdam because they, they are an awesome brewery. They've been around since 1986, September 1986, which was actually the, the month and the year that I was born. So I can always remember that. Nice. Um, I didn't realize they've uh, been around that long. That's yeah. They, yeah, they've uh, put in their time. Did you know that the, the guy that, uh, the guy that founded, so Amsterdam was, it started out as a bar and a brasserie downtown in the entertainment district. And you know that he was, uh, he was a Dutchman. So obviously because, you know, he named it Amsterdam and then he opened up the Rotterdam around the corner on King street. Uh, but he was the, um, he was the first bar owner to allow, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, to, to allow, 
because uh, apparently there, there was a rule, a, a law in Toronto. I didn't know this. It was a law in Toronto that said that women and men couldn't drink in the same bar. Really? Yeah. That sounds so ridiculous. He was, yeah, I know. And he mm. was he was the first person to open a bar. It wasn't the Amsterdam, I don't think. But way back in before that, he was the first person to open a bar that stopped the segregation and allowed women to drink in a bar with men. Huh. That's crazy. Um, that's a yeah. cool piece of history. Yeah, but the uh, the beer that I'm drinking of theirs today isn't a bone shaker. I, I did have bone shakers in the fridge, but they're so good they were gone in like two seconds. Uh, <laughs> I really, I really think just because of the hot weather and because of the fact that patios are opening again and stuff, I just really, really wanted to go back to my roots and try it and go for a lager. Um, now, since we don't usually do things on the lighter side, I decided not to go for three speed, despite the fact that it is delicious, and I just went for their mid strength lager, which is their Amsterdam Blonde. Mm. Now, the beautiful thing about Amsterdam cans is the fact that they come in these 568 milliliter sized cans. So you get a lot of beer for your buck. Um, I'm actually going to run it through. Any fans of the show uh, that have been keeping up on our Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff will see that I've been reviewing the physics draft pour system. Oh, you need uh, that? I'm, I'm going to use that for the Amsterdam Blonde because oh, I think there's nothing nice, better nice, than nice. a draft lager. <clears throat> You know, and since it's the big can, I'll be able to get a, a good old head on it. Well, I'm going to uh, pop this top here. It's not it's not the same as cracking into a can. So you, I don't even know if you can hear it, but here we go. She's open. Oh, well, you're going to do that and you get to hear my draft pour. Here we go. Do you hear that? I heard. I heard. Uh, yeah, it sounded like uh, a robot. <laughs> so you yeah, got a, ro a robot bartender over there. <laughs> Pretty much. That's that's effectively what it is. <laughs> oh man, fuck yeah. That's coming out of the bottom. So 560, 568 or 560, would you say? The milliliter can? That's that is a large uh, can. Because this blue uh this uh Blood Brothers bottle, can. which is quite large itself, is a five hundred milliliter. So yeah, that's a that's a large one. Oh damn. This uh so I just poured the Smoke and tears into a big old glass, and it is it, it literally looks like orange juice. Straight oh, up, really? look, yeah, straight up looks like a glass of orange juice. I don't think it's gonna taste That's like orange juice, though. So. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy orange juice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. That's good. Good. It is. Super juicy, super th like a thick beer. Um, not super like it has the carbonation, but it's not overly carbonated. So it's it's got the yeah the citrus and the juice really comes through. The mango is super strong and prominent, and the heat is kind of the perfect amount too. You taste it on that first sip, and I can just feel it in the back of my throat right now. Oh, that is delicious. Holy shit. But it's not overpowering, right? Not yet. I mean, um, for some people it would be. If you don't like spicy, you're probably not going to like it. Um, but if you do like spicy, yeah, it's almost like having a Caesar, but in a, in a different way. This has the sweetness with the heat, where a Caesar, you know, it's got the salty tanginess. And this is tangy as well, but it's mm -hmm. got a nice amount of sweet and the heat is... Oh, that's fucking good. I got to look up this uh, Smoke and Tears uh, hot sauce company because I need to get some of that. 
It's making my Imagine. mouth water. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like my now now what I want to do is some this. spicy ribs or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That would go nicely with my yeah. lager right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. All right, dude. Well, uh, all right. Well, you've, you've got you got your spicy going on. Now, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you roundhouse kick us into your first India movie? Okay, folks. We're getting into some roundhouse. Roadhouse, roundhouse, <laughs> kicking, roadhouse. Roadhouse fighting and bar smashing and everything in between. Uh, as it says on the poster, uh, it's, uh, it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Patrick Swayze who is a legend in my books, um, the late, great Patrick Swayze, mm-hmm. is he play? he plays like, um, he's kind of like a, uh, like a Zen bouncer who is known throughout the, I don't know if he's known throughout the country or just like the, the region or whatever, but he's like kind of this superstar bouncer, <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous right off the bat. So you know what kind of movie you're getting into. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like, everyone mentions his name. They're like, Oh, Dal- Dalton. Is that, that's, that's Dalton. Oh, I thought you'd be bigger, but he's, he's, so yeah. he's got this legend around built around him. And, um, he is, he's, he's working at a place I think, but he's kind of, you know, he's done his job there and the, the places, you know, doing a little better. And he gets recruited to come to this new, uh, bar for, uh, an actor named Kevin Ty, 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 but uh, for his name is Tillman. And you would recognize him from a ton of stuff in the 80s and 90s and stuff, but I, I can't think of anything specific. Anyway, he's his bar owner, and, and his bar is in shambles. He needs help. He needs help, um, you know, fixing the bouncers who are there, fixing the, the whole situation with the fights and everything. Um, anyway, Swayze goes to the bar and uh, assesses it. He sees that... Um, the Jeff Healy is a, a big part of this movie. He plays a lot, I think almost all the music and he's behind like a cage and there's bottles smashing and there's fights happening and uh, like topless women getting up and dancing on the bar and like all the, basically everything that shouldn't be happening in a bar is going on. And he's, so that's, that's actually funny. you say about the topless women, that's actually my earliest, uh, my earliest memory of this movie was I saw it when I was like way too young and it was like I was at a sleepover at one of my mum and dad's friend's son's house. Or sorry, mum and dad's friend's <laughs> house. But their son was about three or four years older than me. And I was staying over at his house. And he showed me Roadhouse from his parents' video <laughs> VHS collection purely because of the fact that it had lots of boobs in it. I feel like that's how a lot of us have seen this movie for the first time. Yeah, like, there's so many boobs in it. Yeah, I, I think that I, the first time I saw it was on like a uh, like a pay per view Super Channel weekend where you got the channel for free. And like, I, I don't know, it probably would have been early '90s, something like that. And I was probably yeah a little too young to see it at the time, but I remember absolutely loving it because it's just such a bonkers movie. Like. Oh yeah, it, it is a bar movie, and it does kind of show you how things are set up, and you you know you get to see the lay of how you know bartenders can some some bartenders skim, um, and you know they get fired for it. This guy gets fired for it right off the bat. Some other bouncers who are just like way too way over the top and way too violent right off the bat. Dalton kicks him out right off the bat, and they come back and they all come back and they try to kick his ass, but. He's better than them. He has a, he has a rule. Yeah, I, f- I forget what all of his rules are, but his biggest one is be nice. 
he says, which is which is funny because like these people are terrible. They're treating everyone like terrible. He's like, if they do this, be nice. If they do this, be nice. You really <laughs> don't really hear uh, bartenders or bouncers or anyone in, in. I mean, other than uh, their you know managers and general managers who literally have to do that to uh, you know deal with uh, terrible customers, terrible guests, and people that you just don't want to have to deal with. Yeah. But Swayze, yeah, he's the most Zen bouncer in the world, but he's also highly trained in like martial arts, uh, mm-hmm. stitching, As stitching up his own wounds. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, stitching up his own wounds. He does like Tai Chi in slow motion outside in the sunshine with a shirt off and glistening in oil and stuff. Or There's yeah. so many, so many ridiculous elements to this movie, but it's just so much fun to watch. It's uh, yeah. So he comes to this bar, he starts cleaning things up, but obviously there is some pushback. It's in a, it's kind of in a, I don't know if it's a small town or like a, it seems like it's just in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like everything in the, in this movie seems like everything it's like farmlands and you know, everything's all spread out and he makes some friends nearby. And um, obviously all the people that he gets kicked out or fired from the bar um, don't like him after that. And there's this, um, very rich he's kind of he's kind of like the smithers of or um sorry not the not the smithers the mr burns of the area right. uh, um named brad wesley wesley played by ben gazera who you'll recognize from a ton of stuff too mm-hmm. and he's just an evil bastard and he kind of owns and runs he's kind of like he's almost like a mobster but you know the country western version of it i guess and he kind of owns and runs everything and anyone who doesn't kind of fall in line or you know pay his his taxes or or whatever they uh they have to pay for it in another way like he burns down a guy's store and all this shit anyway swayze doesn't take a liking to him obviously and uh well swayze is also starting to hook up with a, a local doctor who's played by kelly lynch who i think shot i think the whole storyline is she shot down Ben Gazzara. He was interested and she wasn't. And that just pissed him off even more. So there's all these reasons why the super rich guy just wants uh, the bar itself to fail too. And he kind of starts sending in all his goons to cause trouble and everything, which is a new thing that Patrick Swayze has to start dealing with. So he, you know, he starts training his team to be ready for them. And they, they come in and there's uh, you know, they try to be nice and everything. And these guys start breaking shit and a big, huge brawl breaks out, but they eventually, get them to leave and then and then you know but it keeps amping up it keeps amping up and there's one guy uh did, have you watched this recently we what did you get a chance yeah yeah yeah, yeah i did yeah so there's the one guy who's like his uh head honcho goon the guy who's like a karate karate guy and he's like all super tough i can't remember i can't remember what his character's name was uh is it, is yeah that, no i know you told huh? about. but yeah he's like the the big bad guy goon of of uh like of wesley's and so it basically leads to this one point like things keep amping up the the movie starts out kind of semi-realistic and then it just it reaches a point i think it's after the the store gets burnt down of his friend yeah um and then from that point on everything just starts amping up and getting more crazy and violent and just surreal and it gets to this point where Swayze gets in a fight with this one guy and it turns into a full on like uh, like a karate kid scene. They're fighting by by the river 
their shirts are ripped off, they're bleeding, there's knives involved. It ends with Patrick Swayze's Dalton character literally rips the guy's Adam's apple out of his throat with his hand. And so suddenly you're in like Kung Fu territory. You're like, is this a Sonny Chiba Street Fighter movie? Like, what the fuck is going on all of a sudden? From that point on, the movie just goes full action movie mode. And Swayze kind of turns into like, I don't know, like almost like a Bruce Willis character in Die Hard, like defending this roadhouse and going after anyone who who does anything to them. I'm like, they've done a lot of little shit to kind of push him, but he's always been like, be nice, stay back. Don't like be the aggressor, but they push him just a little too far because Swayze's best friend, Sam Elliott, uh, well, he's Wade Garrett played by Sam Elliott. Who's, who's this other legendary bouncer, but he's kind of like the older guy. He's, you know, he's legendary, but he's, you know, he's past his prime. Swayze got him to come and, and help him. Um, but it just ended up, getting him killed and and Swayze didn't like that so Swayze goes full Swayze he takes his shirt off he does roundhouse kicks he goes after Ben Gazera's uh rich you know his his stronghold his mansion and basically takes out he goes like commando like Schwarzenegger he just goes full on commando and storms (laughs) this mansion and kicks the shit out of everybody kills everybody and then they all some somehow they made a way. I, the whole time I'm watching this, going like, okay, he's go, he's gonna be going to jail after this. Like even sure, if yeah. even if this and that, whatever. He's like <laughs> slaying people left, right, and center. I'm like, this is there's no way. Anyway, these these people who have been wronged by Ben Gazzara's character all kind of team together and come to help him at the very end, and and they end up blowing him away with multiple shotguns and handguns and other. And it's just pure chaos and a, a, like a, an absolute massacre um and i think when the police show up they're, they're like what happened who did this and they're just like i don't know i didn't see anything <laughs> it just kind of resolves that way and they're just like so there's all these dead slaughtered people who just um it, it, there was a brawl and no one saw anything and that's how it resolves at the end and uh swayze and kelly lynch uh right off into the sunset basically and yeah, that's that's that's, that's Roadhouse. <laughs> that's Roadhouse. That is Roadhouse. There's so not like much more. I'm trying to think of other things to describe, but there's like little moments that happen. But it's like it's just that. That's the storyline, front to back. I think it's 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 basically just Patrick Swayze with his shirt off. A lot of women with their shirts off. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Swayze kills a bunch of people. And then the movie ends. Like that's pretty much it. Like it's, it's such a, it's such a, it's it's so eighties. It hurts. Like it, it's so, <laughs> it's just it has no point other than to titillate the viewer. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, it, 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 so I don't know if you knew this. I actually, um, this is one of my favorite facts about Roadhouse. Uh, and I know you're a big Bill Murray fan. So if you haven't heard this, I think you'll get. Yeah, oh, oh yes, I have. I, I do know this. You know that <laughs> he. Uh, Bill Murray, actually, every single time that Roadhouse is on TV in some sort of way, uh, Bill Murray calls um, Kelly uh, Kelly Lynch's husband and uh, <laughs> and teases him about the sex scene with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, just, yeah. just rips the shit out of him and says, "That's your wife getting nailed by Patrick Swayze." He does every single time Roadhouse is on TV. Like it's so funny to think Bill Murray takes time out of his day. To do that petty one little thing, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's so good. and, so and good. he's he's also been on record to say that he, he's he thinks it's a masterpiece. He's like, I cannot turn it off. He's like, I love this movie. It's just so great. And I have to agree. There's something weird about it. Like it doesn't sound 
that interesting on paper. It's just a, it, it is what it is, but it's so fun to watch. And it's so, it is such a, I think because you're, when you start watching it, you're not expecting it to go as crazy as it does and go full tilt. So you're just going along with, you're like, okay, th- I was, you're the, fr- I think that the first time I saw it, I was expecting it to be more of a drama, like a uh, cocktail with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it starts kind of that way. And you, you sort of think it's going to be that sort of thing. But it's just, it goes into fucking sunny Chiba Street Fighter territory out of nowhere and then just keeps going that way. And I love how it just takes that complete left turn and turns into a full-on action movie when you're just not, like, it is 100%, uh, 50% like a bar drama sort of thing. And then 50% complete action insanity. It's those two, it's two different movies put put together. And I, I, I love that. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I love I love that it's it it has that 80s feel to it where it, it, it's the same old storyline of you know super zen you know so, somebody who has a violent past becomes super zen super chill super happy with their new relaxed you know sort of like lifestyle and then something happens that takes them back to how they used to be and mm-hmm. that's that's this movie it's another one of those yeah movies. But it's just made all the better by the fact that, like I say, Swayze just fucking Swayze just nails a bunch of chicks and a bunch of chicks got their got their tits out. It's just and like I say, the whole movie is just a, a titillating, a titillating sort of like a spectacle, effectively. And it's <laughs> it's just trying to show off Swayze's body and Swayze's uh, his star you know, power at that time. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And it's just yeah. like you know, and it was like it was there was a bit for the they they basically were ticking boxes, so they were like. Okay, so women are going to want to see this movie because Patrick Swayze in it. Make sure he has his shirt off. Make sure there's a there's a tender sex scene, which there is with Kelly Lynch. <laughs> but make sure also that the men are catered for. There has to be like bone crushing violence, and there has to be some tits. And if it's set at a bar, you know, men will most likely watch it because there's beer and all that kind of stuff involved. Hell, it made me want to watch more of it. Like it was, like you said, you know what? The thing I love about Roadhouse and is is it, 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 it sounds like all of these things I'm mentioning is cussing it. It's not. It, it's something that I think is lost now because now when you watch uh, action movies, there's always some kind of, you know, there's always got to be some real in-depth interweaving plots and, you know, sort mm. of conspiracies mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Roadhouse was just your good old-fashioned roundhouse kick to the face, tits out fucking action <laughs> movie. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right. It is one of those examples of a film and there was a lot of them in the eighties. It's basically like, like the, the whole everything of uh, going back to first blood. It's just, it's that guy who used to be a certain person gets pushed just a little too far and goes off the rails. And yeah. that, that is, that is. And, and other than that, it's, it's got the same generic setup as like top gun or uh, what are other things like that uh, in the, Oh, days of thunder like that that whole jerry bruckheimer produced kind of 80s night early 90s movies that were yeah they were they wanted to get they were like date movies basically they they would draw the man and the woman together for equal parts different in different reasons i mean or whoever whoever wanted to go on a date to see it uh assuming at that time that's what producers were thinking though this is they're, they're gonna like this they're gonna like this this is great everyone's gonna come and hey it, they were hits at the time so of the time and of the culture at that time, I guess they were kind of climately on point of thinking that, but 
Man, I'm just looking at some of the quotes. And there's here's the other quote about him. Uh, what he says, he says, all, all you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never under, underestimate your opponent. Which These are all these. They don't make sense. Expect <laughs> the unexpected. <laughs> take, two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. I'm just, what? <laughs> it's just like uh so it's so you're gonna fight you're gonna take it outside the bar but but be nice but um mm-hmm. never underestimate your opponent be but be nice but i'm just that whole part i'm just laughing at there, yeah because yeah, it's like he's yeah he's trying to be this zen guy but the entire nature of his job is not zen or buddha or there's there's no there's no peace involved in bar in bouncing it's it is i mean you got i mean obviously there is the you know you you try to keep cool and keep getting people out of your bar without being violent with or violent or without doing all the crazy things that happen in this movie but it feels like they those things start happening long before he's even pushed too far like they just jump into fights and then it's done and he just kind of is like yeah uh be and nice. I just, I, th- I think what I like, <laughs> be nice. How, how nice was he being when he was going around that fucking storm in that mansion, ripping people's fucking throats <laughs> yeah. out? You know, like I just, I, you know, and but that, that's what, but that's what I love about these old movies, man. These old eighties action movies is just the fact that you know it, it, it is a classic storyline. You, you see it a million times over, but it never stops being fun to watch. Like you know yeah. what, like it's like the Rambo movies. You know, like I even the new, <laughs> yeah. all of them, right? Sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading. Uh, some quotes here, but go on. Sorry, yeah, Rambo, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like the Rambo movies, man, like, you know, even the latest ones, like, it always begins with Stallone has moved to a different part of the country. He's fucking, mm. I don't know, he's like, he's like sewing soccer balls for a living. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. Trying to just shit. get away from it all, just, right? Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going yeah, to do it. I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't do it. <laughs> don't do that. He <laughs> does a new one, Stallone. Um, but like, you know, and he does that, and then literally they say one thing. They're like, "Oh, but you know, these these terrorists—they're they're a new breed of terrorists. They they kill children." And he's like, "They do what? They kill children." <laughs> and then five minutes later, you killed my like, cousin. Yeah, they killed my daughter. They killed and my then, housekeeper's wife's daughter. I <laughs> ask like, blood for you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but that's the thing. He's he's changed his life. He's completely zen. And then five minutes later, he's mounting a minigun <laughs> yeah. and fucking just like annihilating people in half <laughs> and like tearing people's intestines out. And you just he just goes from zero to fucking six thousand murder twelve thousand in like five seconds it is so good and roadhouse is the same like you know he's this it is be nice kind of person and then all of a sudden like you know one bad thing happens and he's fucking done he's like that and 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 they give like little tidbits of what his past was like where he came from and like that why he's so trained and all they give little bits but it's like always that mysterious past that you don't know exactly what he's been through. What are all those scars from all over his body? Are those just bar fight scars? Like, no, he he's he's a Green Beret or something. You know, <laughs> like sure. he's got to yeah, exactly. So, so I was laughing earlier because I pulled up uh, some of the quotes because I was trying to find that one. And so here's the thing: like this movie is clearly outdated with uh, you know cultural things and whatever. And this is just uh, reading just a couple of these. You you see why? So yeah, <laughs> there's one where he's like. I want you to be nice until it's 
time to not be nice. That's oh, that. God. That's Dalton's quote. And then there's, there's, <laughs> there's this one here. Um, so there's a, the big guy. He's like one of the bouncers that Dalton keeps with him. Who's on his side, and he's like being being called a cocksucker. A cocksucker isn't personal. And Dalton says, "No, it's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response." And then the other guy says, "What if somebody calls my mama a whore?" And Dalton says, "Is she?" <laughs> <laughs> and then okay we're getting into like some of the the funniest ones that i saw that are um one guy uh one of the bad guys is like no i don't think it's a bad guy it's uh his buddy uh uh sam elliot uh says that gal's got entirely too many brains to have an ass like that so that's him talking about uh, kelly lynch and yeah, now here's yeah. this one this one is jimmy was the guy that he ripped the throat jimmy's like the the, the goon guy that he that he fights who's such an asshole jimmy says to patrick swayze in that fight before patrick swayze rips his his throat out he says to him i used to fuck guys like you in prison that's an actual <laughs> quote from that exact scene um i don't know what to think i remember seeing that and laughing so fucking hard because i'm just like what that's such a random line to say in the middle of a fight like what huh right? anyway oh, that's yeah God. Yeah, Roadhouse, baby. That's, <laughs> fucking, that's some just... of the, uh, yeah, some of the brilliance. But so, yeah, I guess that's pretty much all that can be said about Roadhouse now. And I guess we'll have to move in. But I wanted to leave this topic with one last quote from Dalton, which is completely doesn't make sense again, too. But um, he says at, at one point, nobody ever wins a fight. Even though he clearly wins the fight at the end of the movie, <laughs> he, wins uh, the he wins all the fights. So um, anyway, that's that's his uh, mantra. <laughs> but that's that's a quote from from him too. Nobody ever wins a fight, but I'm gonna go win them all. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right, we well, well, I'd like to uh, dive into what your choice is now because you got another fun one. So my movie that I picked for this week, uh, bar movie. Uh, it's it's a crazy one, man, and like you don't know it's a bar movie until actually you don't know it's 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 any other kind of movie until about an hour in. <laughs> um, it's uh, from Dust Till Dawn, uh, released nineteen ninety six, uh, directed by the excellent Robert Rodriguez, uh, yeah. produced by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, as me and Brian were just discussing off air, the story is by Robert Kurtzman, a uh, very, very famous uh, makeup artist. And I'm assuming uh, if the story is, you know, if the story is by him, I'm assuming he probably worked on the set doing the makeup. But the makeup is yeah, dope. I think K K and B I think did did all the effects. So like him yeah. and Nicotero and Bergman were all. I mean, that's why it looks so fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's such a good. It's, it's you know what the, the CGI looks like shit now. Um, it's dated, but the yeah. makeup still looks awesome. Yeah, uh, like yeah. The practical yeah. effects the, still look wicked. The effects are great. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So to go with uh, my movie, uh, like I said before, I have a brand new, uh, not to, not just a brand new brewery to the show. It's a brand new brewery to my own taste buds as well. Um, I've never Ooh. had anything by them before. Uh, the brewery is Toboggan. Toboggan, Toboggan. What is it? Toboggan? Yeah, they're coming out of uh, coming out of London. I feel like I've I I feel like I've definitely seen and maybe had at least one of their brews. I, I have can't, a feeling I can't think that I'm, of them. 
as soon as I tell you the name of the, the beer, I've got a feeling if you haven't seen it, I know it's something that you definitely would have picked up at one point. Uh, so this beer is a double IPA. Um, it's called the Double Lunatic Fridge. Double Lunatic Fridge. Oh, this sounds so familiar, but I can't. Or just Lun- Lunatic Fridge is just the regular, oh, regular IPA. Um, but this is the double version. Uh, I feel maybe I've had the Lunatic Fridge, but I feel they've been around for a little while. Ah, uh, I. You know what? I, I I've noticed them in LCBO for quite a while, and it's a beer that I kept picking up and putting back down again because something else came along. Um, mostly just because I'd never heard of Toboggan uh, Brewery, but. The can art is so sick. It's like a super wigged out, crazy meth head looking refrigerator. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, okay. I've had, I've had lunatic fridge. I don't think I've had the double though. But that's what I said. The double lunatic fridge has two of them. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's, it's so random. The, um, the you said that, that cover, can art, I was like, I think I remember that now. I think I've only had just the regular though. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's always, I, I've always seen it. I've always wanted to try it. Today's the day. Beautiful. What are you? Uh, what is your third Blood Brothers brew for the evening? Yes, it is. It is a third Blood Brothers brew. So I'm going three for three with Blood Brothers tonight because, like I've said in recent or in probably every episode, I I love me some Blood Brothers, and they hey. are five minutes away from my house. So. I, I tend to uh, lean in there and grab a couple brews from time to time, and they're very convenient. So this one, we well, I got this one very special for your uh, for your film choice because oh, I was hoping they were going to have it because you just never know. They do small batch brews, and, and they sell out a lot of the time. We were just talking about that as well. Now, this one I got specifically and was looking for specifically because I've had it before, and I loved it. And it ties in so great with this movie. Um, it is, uh, so the, one of the characters in this film, Salma Hayek's character is named Santanico. Mm -hmm. So I I got the Narco Santanicos. Um, it is a tequila farmhouse ale with citrus. It's 8.2% and it's a deadly delicious beer. And yeah, it just completely tied in with the movie. And I saw it on that. They had it on the menu and I was like, Oh, I got to get that for dust till dawn. Like perfect. Great choice, yeah. Uh, sorry, I forgot to say the ABV, ABV for this one. So uh, this one is a seven percenter. So it's it's on the it's on the lower end of the ABVs for a double IPA, um, but but still got does, some kick, yeah. Well, that that does you know what the lower the the uh, the lower the ABV, it does leave a little bit of space for flavor. So I'm I'm pretty excited about cracking it. Nice, bud. Well, shall we do that then? Let's do it, buddy. You know, you're not same thing. This is in another 500 milliliter bottle, so you're not going to really probably hear much. But here I go. I got my Blood Brothers ring bottle opener that I'm going to. Oh yeah. Oh, that sounded good. All right. Oh, and some some oh, some smoke just came out of the bottle too. That's that pretty sick. That doesn't smell like a whole lot. I'm I'm hoping it will taste of a whole lot. Oh, and so the other thing that tied in with this one is the the tequila. The fact it's brewed in um. Tequila barrels. So oh, no a, way. A, yeah, so it has a very nice uh, tequila. You know what? I'm going to have to retaste. It's been a while since I've had one, so I'm going to have to retaste where the tequila fits in. But I remember it's a distinct either right off the bat or the finish. All right. But it goes How's along it with the location of uh, your film. 
Of course, Which, yeah. That's it. In Mexico. Yeah. Have you... Uh, oh, you're just pouring out. I can just hear just, you pouring Just pouring her, yeah. Oh. Okay, a, so the double bat, movement... To, oh, I was just going to say, we want a bat. A bat just flew out of the bottle. Um, <laughs> and I, it had some pretty big fangs, too, so I don't know. There might be... Um, uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm scared for you. Uh, <laughs> the double lunatic fridge flavor-wise, it's uh it's you know what it's 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 got it, it tastes like those classic hoppy hoppy IPAs with ever so slight malt. Oh me. It's uh, it's good. Like you, you really, you can really taste, you can really taste the uh, the strength in it, and it, it, it's got it's one of those classic kind of grapefruit kind of. Oh, nice! Flavors. I I love grapefruit IPAs that that have that like the grapefruit almost almost a bitterness, but yeah, still has a slight citrus sweetness. That's really smooth. That's a really easy drink. I uh, yeah, for anybody who likes their beer strong but don't like them overly like kick you in the face kind of powerful this is this is definitely the way to go this is very nice nice i need to i need to dive into one of those lunatic fridge mate you can't you can't forget that name it's just no nuts. it's a great it's a great <laughs> it's a great name and i i re- instantly remember the can art so like obviously great can art ideas too and toboggan brewery yeah. i gotta yeah i gotta look more into them yeah, but, mm. how's that tasting oh this is fucking delicious too this so this is it's really nice because it is. It's a farmhouse ale, um, and knowing Blood Brothers, it it borders right between uh, like a sour and an IPA flavor wise. Yeah. Um, you can definitely. You have the the tequila notes on the on the finish for sure. So you taste everything else coming in on the, right off the bat. Lots of uh, citrus. Oh damn, that's actually really fucking good. What's the strength? <laughs> it's weird. Be eight uh, percent. Oh shit, yeah. 8.2. But it's weird because I um after just drinking the smoke and tears with the spiciness, I still have a bit of the spiciness in my like palate. So I'm breathing in a bit of the heat and the mango is still kind of there from that and I'm tasting this and it actually goes together really well. It's it's a great If so if you're going to pair some Blood Brothers beers, have your smoke and tears and then finish off with the narco, narco Santanicos because that's a good combination. Oh man, that, that oh. does sound good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on on that note, uh, from Dust of Dawn, uh, like I said uh, prior to this, um, my earliest memory of this movie is just when I was. Uh, how was I? How was I? I'm going to guesstimate I was around about 14. Uh, and I remember the movie, the movie was on TV and, uh, I was just getting really into my movies and Pulp Fiction at the time was my favorite film, like by far. And my, I sat down with my mum to, to watch from Dustle Dawn. And I said, Oh, you know, it's it, being naive. I didn't know anything about, I, I just said, Oh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. And <laughs> she'd seen, she'd seen Pulp Fiction. She thought it was good and stuff. She obviously wanted to see what, what, she wanted to get involved in what I was interested in. Oh, you watched this with your mom for the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm and interested so st- to see what she thought. 
Right, exactly. So we start this movie, and uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it, this is going to be a huge spoiler. And please, actually, if you haven't seen From Dust Till Dawn, stop listening to this podcast and go watch it, and then come back because this, this yeah. really yeah. is the, the biggest spoiler ever. And don't look at any if you're if you've never seen it before, shut us off right now. Come back yeah. later, and and watch. I mean, there's a probably most people have probably heard of or seen it or whatever, but it is best to watch not knowing anything. Exactly. So I knew zero about this movie going to watch it. And uh, yeah, so I'll tell you the storyline and then you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when I get to the twist part. So um, you've got George Clooney and uh, Quentin Tarantino. They both play uh, brothers, outlaw brothers, uh, that have basically, they, 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 you know, they're a couple of criminals. They rob a bank. It goes horribly wrong. A lot of people get killed a lot of cops get killed and this this open it happens in the opening it's a really violent gory excellent uh, opening very good opening such um, a cool opening yeah love it and you know all hell breaks loose and basically they have to get the hell out of the country because they're very much wanted by the law um they just so happen to ambush this family at a motel who are just you know vacationing going around in their rv and uh, they ambush them and take them hostage. Uh, and that's Harvey Keitel as the dad, and um, Juliette Lewis is the daughter. Um, and they ambush them, take them hostage, and tell them they need to help smuggle them over the border to Mexico uh, so that they can get out of the country and everything like that. Now, obviously, this storyline, you know, it goes on for probably about over the first hour of the film. Um, it's so you know you're watching it and you're like it's a heist movie. Oh wait, no, it's not a heist movie anymore. It's now a uh, you know a hostage movie, and it's pretty you know some of it's pretty pretty nasty to watch as well. Like Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino's uh, character, he is um, it's it, it's it's very strongly hinted at that he's a sex offender, pedophile. He's uh, creepy. Just, just an all-round bad character yeah. and actually to be fair looking at Quentin Tarantino it suits him down to a T really um <laughs> it, it, you he's, couldn't think of he's such yeah. a, he's, he's so creepy in this but like it's it's weird how they make him creepy but then you still kind of don't hate him later on in the film exactly yeah he's like he of, plays he's, the part really well well but that's the thing about that's the thing about both of them about him and George Clooney's character is the fact that both of them George Clooney's character just oozes cool like he's got he's got mm. this He's got this like tribal tattoo that goes all the way from his fingertips up to his neck, and I remember, Which, being, I remember was, that was new, right? Like I do. Was, I remember yeah. being at that time. I was like, I'm getting that tattoo when I'm when I'm old enough to get a tattoo. <laughs> like I'm getting that George Clooney tattoo. It's so cool. Uh, but I mean, they're bad people. They kill people. They rob banks. That they have no respect for for human life or people or anything like that. But they there's something about them that you think, yeah, oh, they're actually pretty cool. You know, and I don't I don't mind these characters. Um, but like I say, when Quentin Tarantino, he starts to have some really, uh, really inappropriate, illicit, uh, reaction to the, to the daughter who's meant to be like, you know, mid teens, I think. Um, and you kind of think this movie could take a really nasty turn. Um, Mm. and yeah, this is the first hour or so of it. And they're kind of, you know, they've kidnapped them and they've taken them hostage. They get across the border of Mexico. They uh, just had, so happened to stop at this one bar, uh, called the Tilly Twister, which is probably the best name for a bar in the world. Um, Cheech Marin 
yeah. with that great line rama basically just oh, saying so good <laughs> we got apple pussy we got stinky pussy we got all the pussy like you know just going for this list of it's so it funny. sets you up for what you're about to walk into basically for yeah. sure it's like a roll yeah. up roll up welcome to the circus type <laughs> moment and you sort of like you, you're watching it still just being like all right yeah this is kind of i guess this is what happens in mexico whatever and uh, they go to this bar and you know things start to get a little bit loose and weird and oh hang on a minute is that a vampire <laughs> and then this turns out to be the biggest, goriest, craziest fucking vampire movie for the last hour of its runtime. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you've got this whole bait and switch thing where you kind of, you think you're watching a certain kind of movie. So, like I say, and that bar, was, the bar is set like in the middle of nowhere too, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like this big oh, yeah. flaming, like it looks like a, a biker bar, but like, and it essentially is only the bikers are all vampires, but it's <laughs> set in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they're, they're like supposed to, they're, they're doing like a switch off or a meeting there. Right. Or something is that's, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, they're, they're meeting an associate there. Right. Who's right. kind of like going to sort of harbor them, I guess. Oh, but yeah. They, um, and then it all goes horribly wrong. Cause it just turns out there are a bunch of vampires. Now, <laughs> this is the thing about from dust to dawn is watching it with my mom for the first time we were watching it. And it was just so stereotypical <laughs> of, a Quentin Tarantino movie, the first hour or so of it just being, you know, this, this kind of like this violent kind of um, very, very dark kind of feeling thing. And then all of a sudden it becomes this crazy fucking, and like, you know, I remember, I, I can actually distinctly remember the moment I looked at my mom and she looked at me at the exact same time being like, what the fuck just happened? And it was the moment where the band, who was just a, who was just a regular honky tonk kind of band in this bar, they're not, they're not, you know, people anymore, they're fucking vampires and their their instruments have turned into like bodies and they're playing these dead bodies as instruments. And we're just <laughs> yeah. like, look at each other, just like, what the fuck did this movie turn I into? I forgot about that. That's, yeah, uh, Los Lobos, who plays, uh, they play in a bunch of Rodriguez's films and do uh, soundtracks and stuff. And was, yeah. <laughs> fact, I didn't, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but the lead singer in that band was also in the band at the beginning of Roadhouse. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how <laughs> these two movies link. I am not surprised, actually. And that's, you know what? That That's actually another great link between these two movies is that they both have real-life, like, famous band members playing in the in the bars. Yeah, like exactly. Jeff yeah. Healy and Los Lobos. Like, those are two. And, and part of Los Lobos was in Jeff Healy's band. That's crazy. There you go. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's the, the, the link between the two movies we have today. Um, but yeah, and, and then all out hell breaks loose and it's just, it's, it's, it's such a fun movie and you know, it's not dumb in the it same is. way that Roadhouse was dumb because it was just so Roadhouse is such a simple movie. Whereas I think from, from Dust of Dawn has so many levels. There's a lot more has, going on for sure. It, it really does. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's got such a, it's just got such a, a wicked just to just, just feel about it you know like it's kind of it's really dark and mean and horrible for that first hour but then that last hour because of the fact that the first hour feels so real and it feels so like you know it, it, it feels so like you know like uh quentin is super rapey and things like and the last hour great is just, character building for sure exactly it, it yeah. makes you care about all these characters in in different different ways but it builds those characters up so that when that crazy shit hits the fan with the vampires, you're actually like, oh shit, I actually 
like these characters. And it also introduces some characters at the bar that you get to know for a short amount of time that you also start to like. Yeah, like Tom Savini's character. Is, oh, dude, you know, he's sir, Sex Machine. Sex Machine, that's it, yeah. Sex Machine like and Fred, the, the Fred Williamson. So yeah. good. Fred, there's so, this cast is actually insane. Like, you, you get Salma Hayek in there for, you know, a crazy Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> and you get Fred Williamson in there showing up. Uh, Michael Parks Danny is in Trejo. there at the very beginning. Danny Trejo. There's so many great, like, the cast in, in total is insane. But I feel like the funnest parts are when you get to the bar. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, as soon I'm... as you get to the bar, so Tom Savini, Fred Williamson, uh, Salma Hayek uh, just go, like, uh, they, they just elevate everything. They're, they're such fun kind of side characters, but, like, they, they add so much. Well, it, it's it's effectively two movies in one. Yeah. And I think that's what's crazy about it is the fact that you really, if you know nothing about the movie, you do not see the vampire twist coming any point ever no no here's and here's the thing this and this pissed me off seeing it because so i was uh yeah huge pulp fiction fan when it first came out and and um desperado and stuff too i was like huge on that so when i saw dust from dust of dawn was coming out i was like holy shit this looks fucking badass but i was too young to go see it in theaters so they did that first trailer you know the first trailer to get everybody in uh, it didn't show any of the vampire stuff. And then it was doing its like second run trailer where it put out like back, back where everything wasn't released directly to the internet and not everybody would see it, it would play trailers on TV, you know, on every channel between movies, TV shows, whatever. And they released the second run trailer and it showed vampire stuff in it. So yeah. then I knew going into when I actually finally could rent it or like we, I snuck, Sneak rented it with my friends. I think my, my my one friend at the time owned his parents owned a video store, so we used to get to oh, rent, awesome. th- rent things ahead of everybody, yeah, and all that. But I went in knowing that it was a vampire movie of some sort. So that twist, I wish that I never knew, yeah, that was going to be anything like that because it would have it would have been such a cool moment to be watching that movie having no idea, and then all of a sudden it turns into a crazy vampire. Movie. I, I I wish so badly that I had that experience with it, but I, I love it regardless. Oh yeah. And that, that's what me and my mom had. It was just, it was just fucking insane. to just be sat there watching this one movie that we, that we thought we were watching. And for it to just completely fucking. What did your mom think? Switch. <laughs> oh, she, she, yeah, we, we, both, we both agreed. We both loved it. Yeah. We both thought it was such a good movie. That's cool. Um, and it's just so much fun. And it was just, yeah, it was just a really, but that's, that's what I like about it is the fact that it didn't, like I say, if it would have continued down that path, of what it was at the beginning, you might have seen some nasty shit, you know, like Quentin Tarantino's character might have actually have raped the daughter and, you know, all this bad stuff would have happened and you would have come out of that feeling just a little bit, just a little bit dirty and a little bit sad and a little bit, oh, fuck, man, I didn't enjoy it. I feel like no matter what that first half was, Tarantino's character was going to die in a bad way, even if there weren't vampires involved. It was either going to be... Juliet Lewis's character ended up kill. He tried something and she killed him anyway, or something. It, it would have. Yeah. I don't know because you never know if if the vampires weren't introduced, what direction would that have gone? It just turned into a crazy standoff movie in a bar or whatever. It still could have been really cool, but the fact that the vampires were like introduced just turned it into an entirely different film and and something that everyone remembers from *Dust Till Dawn* is a classic. It's a horror classic. It is, and it's. I just I, I I love 
Okay, so but uh, this is going to sound weird right now, but I love how realistic it is <laughs> to um, to a point where the characters don't have. This is what I love about it, and the way it ends and everything as well is the fact that the characters mm. don't have a huge overhaul of yeah. They, 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 don't, they don't become any different, you know. So, for example, like um, spoiler alert. Um, the only real survivors are Juliette Lewis's character, George Clooney's character, and I think that's it, right? I think there were everyone else. I dead. think you're right, yeah. And I, and I remember being actually upset when certain characters died because I was like, oh yeah, oh I like that. And when her uh, little brother dies, I was, and I, st- I think it's still effective because he's such a good character. He has yeah. nothing back, and you, you're like, they oh they just killed that kid. Holy shit! So they get yeah. serious, but uh, Ernest er, Ernest Liu, yeah, he's you feel bad when he dies in that movie. You straight up are like, fuck, they just killed the little brother. He's gone. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing I love about it is the fact that like at the very end, George Clooney's character, you know, he was a piece of shit at the beginning. He was emotionless. He, mm-hmm. he was, had nothing. And a lot of movies, the, 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 the problem, the, the mistake they make is that by the end, they, they, you know, the events of the movie, turn that character around to be somebody that then you know to, to change them from what they were but george clooney wasn't any different he literally like he gets in that car he kind of just like he, he, he doesn't say hey do you want to come do you want to come with me do you want to ride do you want this do you want that he doesn't do anything he literally just like no well i think out you know the, the great thing about that is that I think they give him a, uh, he has a bit of an arc where they show that he, cause he starts out just being a terrible person, Yeah. but then they show him do some good acts and he actually does care to try and help save those people who were, you know, helping him under gunfire. And at the end, it's like, he could take her with him, but he knows better. He knows that he's not a good person. And so like in saying, no, you stay here and go your own way. Kind of thing is him being a better character than, he might have been in the first place because yeah. otherwise he might have taken her with him. And, and it's like, it's, it's such a cool arc that they don't go full tilt and be, and make him turn into like a super good guy or anything like that. He's still, he's still a shitty human being, but he's like, you know, he's done some good things and he's aware of it at that point where he's yeah. like, you know what? No, if I bring you with me, you're even worse off than everything else, which yeah, is, exactly. it was, it was a cool, uh, a turn for, I mean, in the writing, I guess. Yeah, and it's just I, you know, I, I, I love how it has this kind of this overarching sort of theme of xenophobia as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like with, the, with know, the crossing they, the border and all that. Exactly. Yeah, they they go over the border. They have, they go to all these other locations and stuff like that. And there's no vampires. They go over the border of Mexico to this one bar, and it's full of fucking vampires. You know, and it kind of it just it. To me, it just, it seemed like a kind of a fear of the 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 um, the foreign, you know, the the the, the, yeah, you know, the sure. lawless and the foreign. And I mean, um, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino together writing, and like Robert Kurtzman came up with the story, Tarantino screenplay, right? And and Rodriguez directed. They weren't, they knew what they were doing. They knew that there were, you know, elements of that in there for sure. I think to summarize. From Dust to Dawn, it, it, it's it, honestly, it's my earliest memory of a twist movie where I really did not expect what was coming up. And I think the beautiful thing about it is, is that when you watch a movie, you you can kind of sit there and you can predict what's going to happen and think, I think this is going to happen or whatever. And, you know, I'd say about seven out of ten times, you're probably usually correct. With From Dust to Dawn, 
as soon as the vampires kicked him, I, I stopped trying to guess what was going to happen for the rest of the movie because I had Just no go for idea. The ride. Exactly. And that was the beautiful thing about it is the fact that, you know, it could have, if the movie would have stayed with the first half, it would have just been quite a dark, disturbing kind of fucking ride. Whereas it became this super fun, super ridiculous, super gory, this just awesome thrill ride. And I think that's why it still remains such an awesome movie about a bar that you know quite honestly the titty twister (laughs) it looks like a lot of fun man yeah yeah i mean otherwise other than the vampires and we well there's another little there 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 was a connection here like a, a subtle one too where you said this one starts as one movie and turns into something else and you know what roadhouse was the same there's the same thing in a different way right it was uh a bar drama that turns into a fucking full on action. It's weird that they both kind of have that start one way, go a completely other direction. But I'm going to have to say after your summary and after everything and thinking about it, and and I knew this coming in, I'm giving you the win on this man. From oh. Dust till Dawn is a, is a much better film than Roadhouse. I 100% agree with that right off the bat. Do I love them equally? I would say, I think I do, but they're their own things. Uh, is from dust till dawn higher quality? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I've won my first episode. <laughs> yeah! There you go, bud. It feels good. I'd like to thank my parents. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. The Academy. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to thank, you know... Uh, Robert, Mr. Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino are listening yeah, right now, Tom too. Savini so. and he, and he's, and he's yeah, Tom Savini and his gun cock. Um, <laughs> I, his I, double-barreled, I, double-barreled or, or not, not, not double-barreled, but double, like, uh, I don't know, what, what, is, what is that part even called? It is double-barreled. Oh, no, not barreled. No, it's double... Um, fuck, what's that thing called? Double-cocked. I don't know. What the Double-cocked, fuck? yeah. Fuck, yeah. why not? Double-loaded? I don't know. And but. Salma Hayek's <laughs> boobs I'd like to thank. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess I guess I've got to thank... I've got to thank Patrick Swayze, too, as well, you know, just for being... Hey, man, yeah. Being good, maybe, but not, not as good. Maybe if he had a special effects team behind him a little more... Uh, you know, maybe if he had some vampires in that, maybe if he went to go kill the bad guy and the bad guy ended up being like a werewolf, we might be talking a different story right now. But I mean, I genuinely think the best movie in the world would be From Dusk Till Dawn meets Roadhouse. That uh, would be pretty. That would be pretty sick. Like Dal- Dalton goes into the titty twister and just starts roundhouse kicking all these vampires all over the fucking show. Oh my god! I wish that it was still like years ago, so we <laughs> we could maybe see that. Roadhouse meets the titty twister from dusk till dawn <laughs> at the roadhouse. Can from you imagine? What, can you can you imagine what that would be? Swayze walks in, he's like, "Be nice," and somebody <laughs> grows fangs and is like. And he's just like fucking rips off his shirt and is instantly like sweaty and then just like fucking chops her head off with his foot. I'd watch that. He's sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he rips into their chest and pulls their heart out and then like takes a bite. I'd fucking watch the shit out of that. And it's but no, but we're gonna you gotta start that you gotta start the movie with him like I don't know like on a, in like a monastery for like <laughs> blind monks or something and he's not he's not yeah. said a word in like fucking ten years or something and he's super zen so zen he's like got butterflies landing on his fingertips and shit and then they're like uh, 
there's a bar called the Titty Twister where we need uh, you. <laughs> where we, we we need you right now. And I, it's like a I, sergeant I, who comes to recruit him, and he's wearing like a backwards beret, and his his name yeah. is like I don't know, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter or something. Sergeant Krenna, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> and he just said he's just like he's, he's like he's like we we need you, and he's like I don't do that anymore. I'm 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 Zen. Like, no, I don't I don't be nice anymore. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm always nice to that, and they're like. But uh, they, you know, they, I don't know. They fucking, they, they, they. You don't need to be nice this time. We need you to not be nice, Dalton. He's like, he's like, where's this bar? And then, boom, bust through the door. Vampires are fucking Keeps killing the, each other. And he's got stakes in his sides and he's just like, he throws them up in the air and then Roundhouse kicks them and they go flying through the air, <laughs> through their chests. <laughs> Mate. I'm Let's down do for that movie. Let's get it. Let's, we'll let's talk to Chad. Let's get Chad to do it. Yeah. We'll talk to like, Chad. Swayze's got to have a kid, right? Let's get, fucking get his kid yeah. involved. Like fucking whatever Swayze's kid's called. Get him fucking on the list, man. Let's get it going. Jack Trick Swayze? Sure, that'll do. Why not? Jack, middle name Trick. Jack Trick. Yeah. Jack Trick Swayze. Man, that's a tongue twister in itself. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, well, fuck, man! I, I, it's, it's, this is history being made here, keeping it fresh on episode seven. Always uh, keeping it fresh, win, bud. Joey wins a fucking round. Woo! There you go, bye. So, uh, right? Do you have any announcements? Um, I'm not. You know what? I'm gonna just go with uh, keep an eye out for vicious fun. Uh, check yes. out the Oak Room. Um, those are yeah those are two announcements i'm just gonna stick with those this this week awesome awesome uh as per usual i do not have any announcements um my life is extremely boring outside of this podcast <laughs> um so yeah i i guess there's nothing more to say than to uh oh to ask you to go to your spotify Go to your Google Podcasts, go to your Apple Podcasts, go to Breaker, go to any other places that you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to us and make sure that every single week you get the new episode. Uh, it is getting more difficult for the two of us to record these. So love is going into every single one. Uh, you know, back 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 when we first started and we had more time, it kind of like, you know, we, we obviously we've always loved doing the podcast, but now we are doing this purely for your listening pleasure. Um so please yeah and we appreciate we appreciate we appreciate yeah we appreciate everyone listening and tuning in and uh checking out and sticking through the entire episode too if you've lasted this long to the end right if you've listened to our entire episodes um we fucking really appreciate that and we hope you're having a good time and uh yeah all right we well um this is uh ryborg signing off and this is we doing the same Roadhouse. 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 <laughs> roadhouse. Look at this roadhouse. I'm going to roundhouse kick you in the face now. Roadhouse. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> From dusk until... <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't even sound like fucking. It doesn't even sound like it. I don't know what it's become now. You've got to watch the Harry Potter series, man. It's yeah, totally, I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm not doing him like from any. It's mostly 
just fucking yeah snape <laughs> anyway bye guys <laughs>